Welcome to Overlooked. My name is Yemi, and I'll be your host for the show. Released weekly, I share Overlooked stories from around the world with you. This will include the good, the bad, the weird, and sometimes the absolutely hilarious. Come back often, share with your friends, and feel free to add the podcast to your regular podcast rotation, wherever you get your podcasts. If you come across stories or articles that you think should be featured here, please don't hesitate to share them. Now, it's time for this week's episode. Hello there, folks. Welcome to a new episode. Hope you have all been doing well. This week's episode features a host of weird and interesting stories. You are going to love it. But before we get into the episode, a quick reminder that the very last episode of the season will be released on Monday, November 16th. On that episode, I'll look back on some of the popular stories from season one. I'll also respond to any questions or comments that you may have. So if you want to get featured in the show, send a message on either Instagram or Facebook through the company page Tunica Media. It is spelled T-U-N-U-K-A Media. Anyway, let's kick off this week's episode. WhatsApp, one of the biggest platforms in the world to offer end-to-end encryption by default in all its chats, is launching a version of disappearing messages. WhatsApp is essentially getting on the same boat with social networks like Snapchat or other apps like Signal, Telegram, and Wire that are focused on privacy. This is, of course, if someone does not screenshot the messages. If you have not received your updates yet, WhatsApp will start rolling out the option for users to enable disappearing messages on one-on-one chats. Admins will also have the option to enable the feature in group chats. Disappearing messages should be available globally by the end of November. Unlike other services like Snapchat, WhatsApp is not going to offer granular options where you can set up messages to disappear, say, after an hour, a day, a month, or whenever. WhatsApp is going with a more minimalistic approach. Every chat will start off with the disappearing message feature by default turned off, but if you turn it on, the message will disappear automatically after seven days. The settings won't affect the messages that were previously sent before the setting was turned on. Turning on disappearing messages isn't really going to change the dynamics of how the app itself works. For example, people are still going to be able to forward your messages from one WhatsApp chat to another, and these forwarded messages will not disappear on the recipient's phone. A powerful earthquake has struck off Turkey's Aegean coast and north of the Greek island of Samos. According to the U.S. Geological Survey, or USGS, this 7.0 magnitude tremor was centered off Turkey's Izmir province. Turkey put the magnitude lower at 6.6, but even with that, almost a thousand people have been injured in Izmir, with just over a hundred people that have passed away. Turkey and Greece both sit on fault lines and earthquakes are fairly common. Izmir is Turkey's third largest city with a population of nearly 3 million people. After the quake, at least 20 buildings collapsed. There are stories of survival. What I wanted to highlight is that even with all the destruction, over 100 people have been rescued from under the rubble. These include a 3-year-old girl who was rescued after 91 hours trapped under rubble. You heard that right, 91. 
Another three-year-old was rescued after 65 hours of being trapped. Rescue efforts are still ongoing at five out of the 17 collapsed buildings, and we have to give accolades where accolades are due to all the people that are coming together to help people that are trapped and get them out safely. Researchers at Rice University in the United States have created a malaria test that is so simple to use that it's like putting on a bandage. The best part is that the technology is inexpensive, it does not need any specialist knowledge, no blood has to be drawn, and the results of the tests come out in less than 20 minutes. Malaria is a major killer in many parts of the world where access to medical services is limited or in fact sometimes non-existent. So for many people in those regions, getting a malaria diagnosis in the laboratory is really difficult or might even be impossible. This patch potentially meets the need for a low-cost on-site diagnosis. The bandage-like patch contains an array of hollow microneedles. These microneedles gently penetrate the skin and absorbs interstitial fluid. After approximately 20 minutes, an antibody in the strip works to detect key markers in the absorbed fluid. The results are then displayed in a way that is similar to a pregnancy test with red lines that indicate if the test is positive or negative. So it is relatively easy to read and interpret. These innovative patches are estimated to cost only around a dollar a piece, and that is one US dollar, if produced in bulk, and can simply be peeled off and thrown away once the job is done. The development team also says that the device could be tailored to search for biomarkers of other diseases. So when I was researching this story, it reminded me of the technology that Theranos had promised and spectacularly failed at. For those who don't know Theranos or what the story behind it is, it is a mix of fascinating and sad. I'll go over the story really quickly because I'm a nerd for stuff like this and you're here. So yeah, long story cut really short. Um, Theranos is an American health or was an American health technology company run by Elizabeth Holmes. The Silicon Valley startup claimed to have an analyzer that could run hundreds of tests from the comfort of your own home, only using about a drop of blood. A very, very good summary was done by Cold Fusion over on YouTube, and it is also the focus of a HBO documentary called The Inventor Out for Blood in Silicon Valley. But in 2018, Holmes and her cohorts were charged for fraud and conspiracy. In fact, the whole thing was just a big, massive ruse. They never had a working stereotype. The company had been faking results and faking their financials for multiple years. And I think the greatest tragedies in all this, and in fact, one of the most criminal things, in my opinion, is that they used premature Theranos versions in a patient study that involved people with terminal cancer. This was one of several tests that they did that later had to be recalled after the whole scandal became public. The fascinating part of this to me is that it wasn't really an under-the-table type, you know, organization. At the peak, this company had a valuation of 9 billion US dollars. Not million, no, billion. The US Food and Drug Administration had even approved the use of Theranos devices for the herpes simplex virus. The company also won a 2015 Bioscience Company of the Year award by AZ Bio, and its now convicted CEO, Elizabeth Holmes, 
She was featured on the covers of business magazines and the lists of top executives across the globe. Anyway, unlike Theranos, this science-backed technology actually appears to have promise without all the pompous tomfoolery. Hokkaido City in Japan has set up monster wolf robots to scare away bears from residential areas. It is like, hmm, how do I say this? Like a scarecrow on steroids. I'll describe this monstrosity. First, it looks like a wolf, but not just like a regular wolf. It's closer to a werewolf with a disproportionately large head. It also has blonde hair, and its face looks like dried up mask with red eyes and large white ferocious teeth. It scares bears away with nothing but the mental trauma they have to live with after they run. I really do not blame the bears for running away. In fact, humans ought to run away too. Um, terror aside, the technology is pretty neat. The moment this mechanical monster detects an animal or a bear coming closer, it emits a really loud spooky sound and its eyes light up red. This so-called monster wolf has 60 different sound options involving wolf howls, human voices, and even the sound of gunshots. The point is simply to have the bears not get used to a robot and to keep it frequent enough that they get scared away when they come around. Well, I did promise you that this episode is going to have some interesting weird stories. So right now we're going to meet someone I'm going to call the world's ultimate foodie. Or better still, the biggest fan of chicken filet. In Taiwan, a young man who had been badly injured from a traffic accident and had been in a coma for 62 days suddenly became conscious when he heard his brother mention chicken filet, his favorite dish. In July this year, the 18-year-old man was involved in a road accident when he was riding his scooter During the collision, he suffered serious damage to multiple organs in his body. After being at death's door multiple times, on his 62nd day in the hospital and in coma, his older brother suddenly joked, Brother, I'm going to eat your favorite chicken filet. Unexpectedly, his pulse actually began to accelerate and he miraculously began to regain consciousness and his vital signs began to stabilize because he heard chicken filet. Now he has fully recovered and only recently returned to the hospital with a cake to thank the medical team and he credited his recovery not to chicken filet but to the doctors and the nurses who had taken care of him. I'm not sure which one of you still uses the Opera browser to browse but the company who is in charge of Opera is offering $9,000 for someone to browse the internet. This is not even a joke. The Norwegian company that made the Opera browser has announced that they will pay someone, maybe you, $9,000 for two weeks of browsing the web. The best part is that there's still time to apply. The applications close on November 13th. I triple check this. You will actually be paid to browse things like memes and watch cute baby animal videos for two weeks. As part of the job, though, you will have to live stream your experience on Opera's social media channels. The ad actually had to emphasize that it was not a joke. That's how funny it is. Like the ad actually said, no, this is not a joke, which really is the kind of thing that a joker would say. But no, 
No, it's not a joke. In order to apply, all you need is a 15 to 60 second video talking about the most relevant browsing moment of your life. It can be anything from funny to dead serious. Upload the video to Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube under the hashtag Opera Personal Browser. Under the hashtag Opera Personal Browser. And remember to change your privacy setting to public. Good luck, everyone. If you so happen to find out this news through this podcast and you apply and you end up with a job, do let me know. I would love to hear about your experience firsthand. It'll be pretty awesome. After being lost for 106 years, a species of chameleon was recently rediscovered in an abandoned hotel garden in northwest Madagascar. The chameleon was on the Global Wildlife Conservation's 25 Most Wanted list that documents missing species. Northwest Madagascar is the most biodiverse area for chameleons on the island they call home. First discovered in the year 1893 and last seen in the year 1913, it is called Voltskov's chameleon. 18 chameleons were found by Frank Gao and his team from the Department of Vertebrates at the Bavarian State Collection of Zoology. The International Union for the Conservation of Nature is a world authority on endangered species. It is of the opinion that these rediscovered chameleons should immediately be listed as an endangered species, although they have not made the official evaluation. Wow, this does go by really fast, doesn't it? Anyway, just before our final story today, here's a fun fact that I found out this week. If you're new to the podcast and you're like, why is she sharing fun facts? This is a podcast about news items happening around the world. In doing the research for the episodes, I tend to stumble across weird, interesting, quirky things that are not necessarily news stories. And I think, well, this would be nice to share. It's a good trivia night thing. So yeah, I do share fun facts. So... For this week, here is a fun fact. Fans of the children's show Inspector Gadget or fans of Mission Impossible will remember that they that when in these shows they receive messages or instructions, those messages tend to self-destruct. Well, did you know that Disney developed a version of a self-destruct tape? But it was pretty short-lived. Disney's DVD rental system would have allowed people to rent a DVD from anywhere, basically any shop, to use for a period of two days. After two days, the DVD would self-destruct and the renter would not have to try and return the DVD. So essentially what would happen is that when a customer rented a DVD, it was red in color. But once it was taken out of its packaging, it would start to react with the air and that would cause the DVD to turn black. Once it had turned completely black, the DVD was unreadable. It is pretty nifty and actually does not damage the DVD player. But needless to say, the technology did not catch on and it quickly faded from existence. So holidays are coming. When you guys have all the fun facts, you know where you got it from. You're welcome. This story highlights just how much progress we have made in educating girls around the world over the last 25 years. A UNESCO gender report released last month shows that 180 million more girls have enrolled in primary and secondary education since the Beijing Declaration and Platform for Action 
that was held in 1995. Additionally, three times more women are now enrolled in universities. The Global Education Monitoring, or GEM report, is titled A New Generation, 25 Years of Efforts for Gender Equality in Education. The report evaluated the progress of girls' education over the last two and a half decades since the Beijing Declaration, as I mentioned earlier. The declaration was a landmark commitment by 189 countries to advance the rights of girls and women. Since 1995, the global enrollment rate for girls has increased from 73% to 89%, with the biggest improvements seen in Sub-Saharan Africa, Southern Asia, and especially in India. Significant progress have been made Significant progress has been made in primary schools in 23 countries, including Bhutan, Djibouti, and Nepal, where gender parity has been achieved compared to 1995, where fewer than 80 girls for every 100 boys attended school. Three times more women are also now enrolled in universities than two decades ago, with particular progress seen in Northern Africa and Western Asia. In Morocco, Parity was achieved in 2018 compared to just three women enrolled for every 10 men in the early 1990s. The legacy of past discrimination is such that women still account for almost two-thirds of illiterate adults. Many also face additional barriers such as poverty and disability. Even with this progress, it still remains vital for governments to tackle persisting discrimination to achieve equality for the next generation of girls. The GEM Report has now launched a campaign called I Am The First Girl. Hashtag I Am The First Girl. This campaign aims to show the world what happens when governments invest in girls' education. It aims to share the positive contribution to society by millions of women who are the first in their family to finish secondary school or university. Look out for the hashtag on social media. And with that, thank you for listening, friends, and have yourselves a great week. Thanks for listening, friends. As a reminder, the podcast is released weekly. Subscribe or follow across social media to be notified when a new episode is released. Overlooked is a Tunuka Media production, which also includes shows like Africa in My Kitchen, with more on the way. Follow Tunuka Media on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter to connect to say hi, or to be on the forefront of upcoming shows and program schedules. Until next time, I'm your host, Yemi.